Hi, this is Jay Baer of Convince and Convert Consulting, and welcome to the new Content Experience Show. Content Experience is the new content marketing. It's not only about reaching audiences where they are, but engaging them with personalized, useful content that matters. On the Content Experience Show, we share strategies, tips, and real-world examples of how leaders are taking their content marketing to the next level. Now, here's your hosts, Randy Frisch from Uberflip and Anna Harak from Convince and Convert Consulting. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Content Experience Show. I'm here with the always amazing Randy Frisch from Uberflip. And today is a very special Uber Uber flip show. Uh, we have Christine Otsuka, who's the content marketer at Uberflip. Now, Randy, this one was kind of interesting because you and I are used to doing this remote and having guests dial in. But you actually, because Christine is in your office, you got to hang out with her while we recorded this. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I mean, like Christine and I sit in meetings all the time. She's part of the marketing team and I, I help oversee the marketing team here. But it's it's definitely a different dynamic when you have your team member there and you're both trying to tell this story, um, you know, on, on a podcast. But uh, I was really excited to do this. I mean, Christine, to her credit, has worked really hard over the last number of months on putting together what I think is a really important piece of content uh, for marketers as a whole, and it's it's really defining content experience. And it's it's funny. I mean, it's. It's obviously, I mean, to a degree, some people will listen to this podcast and say like, okay, Randy's just trying to like drop his company this time. But I, you know, I try not to do that that much. I mean, this, this podcast for me is about connecting to other marketers that we bring on and hearing how they define Connex. Um, it's about, you know, us together, Anna, like trying to advocate for the importance of going beyond just content creation, which I think, you know, people are definitely buying into when they, when we get them on here, I think we're not the only ones saying this these days, right. but I, I think it's, it's something that all of us have to really take a step back and make sure that we, that we know, how to advocate for this in our own company. Totally. And, you know, it's funny because everybody out there has heard us, Randy, talk about content experience for several, several episodes now. And I think the really cool thing is that, you know, going back to your point, it, this really wasn't, um, you know, just meant to be a promotion, but there's this really great guide you guys have put together. It's who owns the content experience. And it's a fantastic ebook. It is so chock full of helpful advice and tips and tricks and really defining what that content experience is, which, you know, Randy, we've been talking about too, you know, marketers, content marketing and content marketers are just at this point where it's like, okay, we've got all this content stuff just isn't really working. Like, what do we do now? What is that next step? Or it's, you know, we've got all this content, things are moving along. What now? And content experience really is that next step. And you've really put together this fantastic guide for them. Um, and it is available now. It's available at Uberflip. It's who owns the content experience. And you guys gave some great tips and gave a lot of great previews in this. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's funny, as you said, like this took us a while to come to. And, and it was kind of interesting. We don't get into this in, in the time Christine was with us. But just to give people the backstory of, of how this ebook came to be, I actually wrote a blog post in October of 2017, and I wrote it on an airplane as I always do my blog posts. Uh, no Wi-Fi scenarios are great for me like that. And I brought it in and everyone was uncomfortable with it. And it literally sat in draft mode for about three months. But in the middle of that, the, and the post is live now. People can find it. It's it's a little controversial. It's called Fuck Content Marketing. Sorry for that. but uh, And it's it's the idea of 
content marketing is just something that we're we take for granted that we should just create content now and that that's all we have to do and if we you know if, if you've seen field of dreams if you build it they will come right like um but to your point in it, it goes beyond just great content these days right it went from create content to great create create great content to now create a great experience. And that's what we ultimately kind of picked up in the middle of the debate of, do we release my blog post or not was, well, maybe we just need to talk more about who's supposed to own this thing that's getting ignored. Totally. And you, in, in the guide, you actually have sort of, you know, the responsibility matrix and you have some personas, you have some really great sort of guidelines in there, you know, and it's, it's really just, I think a great um, tool for anybody out there. And, you know, before we keep giving away all of this great information, people should definitely uh, go download the ebook now because it's a great companion guide as we go through this podcast. But what do you say we bring Christine in and hear exactly from her what the ebook is about and what people can start to do to help shape their content experience today. Perfect. Let's roll this podcast. Let's do it. Welcome to Connex, the content experience show. I am Randy Frisch from Uberflip. We've got Anna Harak here from Convince and Convert. But today, don't get confused, we've got more guests here from Uberflip. We've got Christine joining us. As you heard, she's already in here in the studio. And this is weird because usually Anna and I have to do this kind of in you know three different locations, but we're all in one and we figured out all the audio. So Christine, maybe now that you're here and we figured it out, you can tell us a little bit about what you do as much as I know, no one else knows. They read your content if they follow Uberflip, but what do you do here? All right. So I'm Christine Atsuka. I'm a content marketer at Uberflip. And what that means is I'm responsible for not only creating and strategizing around our content strategy, but also creating these amazing content experiences for everyone. Amazing. And you left out very graciously that you have to filter through my ideas to figure <laughs> out what we do put down on paper or what we do, do put into our content and what we decide to just pass on, right? I mean, <laughs> exactly. You can decide if you want to pass on commenting further on that. But uh, cool. And, and maybe just for everyone, uh, give some context as to what you did before you joined Uberflip, how you got to this point in your content career. Sure. So I have been a B2B uh, writer for the in- the bulk of my career. Um, and before Uberflip, I was working as a content marketer and a customer marketer at EventMobi, another Toronto startup, um, until I was, um, I guess, summoned away to the, the land of Uberflip, which was always, you know, the pinnacle of marketing um, in Toronto. So that's where I wanted to be. And that's where I ended up. Amazing. And, and I, I remember sitting in the interview when you joined us and I was like, listen, no pressure, but pressure. I mean, if you're going to be a content marketer, at a company that's all about content marketing, you know, you, you got to be able to step it up, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, in a past life, I was um, an event planner or wrote for the events industry. Um, and that was sort of the same thing. It was that kind of level of expectation, that level of pressure to produce events for events in the events industry. And now we're doing content marketing for content marketers and other marketers. So same, same thing, but I love the, the excitement and the pressure. Amazing. So you're, you're not new here, but you know, in the last number of months, you've been working on a really big piece of content. Um, and I would say that it, it goes beyond being a piece that's important for Uberflip. I think it's important for uh, the industry of content experience and the category of content experience, because 
one of the things that you pointed out is that there was a lack of a proper definition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we've got this awesome ebook out there floating around now. And we've, we figured that today would be a great way, rather than me talk about it, actually have you because you did all the research for this thing. You've put together this awesome story. Um, and maybe we'll kind of unpack this here today. So do you want to start us off with, you know, just the research you did going into this ebook. Sure. So I think like sort of the impetus for this idea was was that you know people understand content, they understand experience, but maybe when you put the two together, it sort of gets a little bit fuzzy, a little bit gray for some people. And I found that when I started working at Uberflip and I explained what we did, and some of my friends who worked in in marketing were, were like, "What is a content experience exactly?" And trying to find that definition internally, trying to find it externally, we all couldn't seem to to agree on one solid definition. So that was the first order of business was let's create that foundation. Let's make a definition for content experience, which we can all agree, rally, rally around, rally behind and, and get that out there into the industry. So we can really create that category and lead that category. Um, so what we did was we broke down content experience into three major buckets. So our, our final ending up definition was a content experience is the environment in which your content lives how it's structured, and how it compels your prospects and customers to engage with your company. So I love this definition because it does leave it, it's very crystal clear, but at the same time, it leaves some room for interpretation. And, you know, Randy and I have been talking about content experience, obviously, throughout this entire podcast um, series. But the thing that I love is that, you know, a content experience doesn't have to be that massive, expensive Disneyland style experience, right? I mean, this this ebook really lets marketers of all types, all ranges, all sizes kind of create their own content experience, right? Absolutely. Um, the, the, the thought behind this was that it's not something like a content experience is not something that people lack. It's not something that they have to um, buy or envision and, and um, put all of these funds towards or dream up in terms of like the big Disneyland style is what you, you what you had mentioned. Um, for us, it's that everyone has a content experience. They just may not be using it to the best of their ability. They may not be um, optimizing it. They may not be creating those remarkable experiences, those personalized experiences, those relevant experiences that, that will help move their buyers, you know, to the point of conversion. So you had mentioned that you really break down the content experience into three key parts. And the first part is environment. The second part is structure. And the third part is engagement. Based on your experience in writing this and doing all this research, do those all work together? Or is it sort of a, you know, um, pick, you know, you have three options, pick two, it doesn't have to be that, right? They can all work in unison. It doesn't have to be one has to be amazing. The other sort of have to suffer. No, I think sometimes when people think about the content experience, they may get kind of hung up on the environment, which was for a lot of people is how your content looks. It's, it's the wrapper, it's the packaging. Um, and that's important. The design is important. There's lots of statistics that will support that, you know, content that, and the layout, if it's unattractive, people will stop engaging with your website and maybe it doesn't make you look as professional, but it also has to, to do a lot with the structure, which for us is, is sort of more of the UX design. What is that user experience? Are they able to find things um, easily? Can they uh, navigate your site? Um, have you uh, curated the right kinds of things for them? And then on the engagement side, ultimately, we, what we want to accomplish with a positive or a, a optimized content experience is, is for 
um, to enable your buyers to actually get to that conversion state. So we want to make it easy for them to act. And part of what we do um, with the content experience is personalize and, and create things that are relevant and contextual and provide that consistency so that they can get to that next stage. I love this. And, you know, one of the things that I especially love is that you do start to talk about, you know, the actual user experience or the actual UX side. So not just how things look, not just the varnish that's put on it. One of the things that I always tried to convey, um, especially when I was at agencies prior, is that, you know, people might be looking at something, but they're reading. And it's really that content that matters. And it's really the experience that they have with it. It doesn't matter how beautiful something is. Exactly to your point, if it doesn't have those other two elements of, you know, engagement and design and structure, it's just not going to be good. The experience is going to be really, really bad. So when you were putting this amazing ebook together, did you find through any of your research and just all of your findings that there were brands who were doing this model really, really well in hitting on all three pillars of the content experience? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll jump in there, Anna, because it's that's a tricky one. You know, obviously, it's it's easy for us to talk about Uberflip customers who do this really well, but it's happening out there all over the place. I mean, we see, and a lot of us can think of brands that we enjoy going and reading their content because, you know, as, as Christine outlined, you know, they've structured it well. It's easy to find what we're looking for. They suggest that next piece of content. Um, but, you know, in some of these cases, we often align that with really big companies that have huge budgets for, you know, designers and agencies that they can bring in. But, you know, even some of the, you know, companies that, that have that scale, when they're going after many markets, they struggle to execute beyond their main WWW. And one of the companies that, that I always love what they do well is, is 3M. Um, they do this not just on 3M's main website, but when they're going after kind of like more micro-targeted campaigns, they're executing at that same level that Christine's outlining. So there's this you know terrible story that that we talk about very often, where there was fires in uh, Fort McMurray, Alberta. Uh, there's a number of years ago, and what was cool was not only did uh, you know 3M go for their health and safety division and create content for that audience, but they did so in a way where it was easy to find, easy to navigate, you know, very beautiful as well when we look at you know, the way that was delivered and the way it was structured. Um, but it, it also compelled you to, to read more and be engaged and convert to learn more about the products that they had, even though really what they were trying to do is, is execute in the moment. And I think that's the trouble that we see so often is not just how do you do this, but how do you do this quickly these days? How do you do it at scale? And that's, that's I think, for, for a lot of us at marketer, as marketers where we're starting to, to struggle a bit. So, Christina, pulling it back to you, though, I mean, all this emphasis these days on content experience, what are some of the trends going on in the market? And I, I may have started to talk about personalization there, but what other trends have you seen as a, you know, as a marketer on our team even um, that have pushed us to have to prioritize experience or made it more of a daunting task beyond, you know, a beautiful, you know, main website? I think for, for us, I mean, ABM is obviously the one that comes to mind. Um, it's, it's kind of top of mind with a lot of marketers these days. And I think um, for us on the content experience side, creating the, that personalized experience at scale is something that um, should be on everyone's radar. 
Perfect. So what we're going to do now that we've kind of unpacked this concept of what content experience is, I, what I want us to do is be able to dig into who needs to own this. I know that was another big part of your research. We're going to take a quick break here on Connex and we will be back with Christine to dig into the different personas on your own marketing team and who should and shouldn't own the experience. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We are here with Christine Otsuka, who's the content marketer at Uberflip. Now, Christine, when we last left off, um, we just started to touch on sort of the content experience and who really owns that. So based off of all the research that you did, what were some of the different hands that go into creating this experience? Because it's definitely not an easy task. I don't want it to make it sound like it's super overwhelming, but there's a lot of people who are involved in creating a fantastic experience, right? Right, exactly. So when we were doing our research, um, one of the things I wanted to do was look at um, our customer base and find out, you know, what were some of the common job titles who are in our platform all the time using it, who are really owning it on the day-to-day side. And what I found was that there were, you know, five or six main um, titles who were always in there. um, And it didn't really lead to a solid conclusion as to one, um, one specific job title who should be the owner. Um, so what we ended up doing was we created composite sketches of eight different positions within the marketing organization and the larger organization um, who could potentially own it based on what their role and responsibilities were, what they were invested in on the day-to-day, and whether or not it made sense for them to actually own a piece or all of the content experience. So you had a couple broken down. So you had you know some pretty typical roles like we'd expect, like a content marketer, um, a you know, a digital marketer, a demand gen marketer, but then you also had some that maybe people aren't completely interacting with today. So I love that you guys included like a sales and an account manager, a product manager, a UX designer, again, going back, back to our amazing UX conversation. Um, if some people don't have these roles on their team, what is some advice that you might impart to them on how to sort of cover off on these roles and responsibilities? Are these things that can shift to other people or do you recommend that they continue to start hiring for these roles? Well, definitely. It's not as though um, with a smaller marketing department, you wouldn't be able to own or share the ownership of the content experience. It just means that you have to have someone who has a watchful eye on all of the elements of content experience. So for instance, like a if you have a content marketer and you don't have a UX designer, that's not to say that the content marketer or someone on the web team, for instance, or the digital team, isn't also going to be interested in that you creating those user paths and creating that optimal user experience. Awesome. Yeah, I, I know um, I've probably stressed out a lot of uh, graphic designers and UX designers in the past by insisting that content was part of shaping the entire experience. But it's something that I feel passionate about, but agree completely that, you know, for anybody out there who doesn't have these super specific roles, that doesn't mean that you're lacking in your experience. It just means that, you know, maybe you should think about some skill sets beyond your immediate role to help fulfill some of these requirements. I think too, um, so people in, in my role, people who are content marketers, they're not necessarily just interested in creating content and letting it go into, out into the world. Like they want to see it through from creation all the way to consumption. And they want to ensure that people are finding and leveraging and discovering their content and actually consuming it. So they should be interested in that side of it as well. Yeah. Another part that I sometimes see when I'm out talking to marketers is that there's been a big shift Um, as you touched on there, like some of these rules are not typically even in the marketing department, right? And it's getting harder and harder for us to always rely on pulling in, say, a web developer or UX designer 
to help you know people like Christine ensure, as she put it, that you know that her content will get consumed, that it will be you know that it'll reach the target audiences. So it's it's a really interesting shift, and you think about it, we've been hearing about this forever, right? It was this idea that you know in our org, more and more budget would shift from kind of like the CTO over to the CMO, right? Like moving from the web teams over to the marketing team, the marketing team owning more and more. And I think that's, you know, it's a lot of pressure, but you know, the way you, you called it out, Anna, it's kind of like tricky for us to figure out, okay, like how are we actually going to execute this as a marketing team now? Nice. So, you know, with all of these responsibilities coming back into the marketing team, I'd love to touch on, you guys introduced something that's really interesting, which is the content experience manager. Is this sort of, Randy, what you're talking about with, you know, somebody taking on more of these roles, a little bit more of some of these different pieces of uh, different positions and really just overseeing the entire experience. Yeah, so I'm going to jump in there. I think um, when we were introducing the content experience manager, it's not necessarily a call to, for everyone to go out and hire for a brand new role, um, but we do recognize it as, you know, it is an emerging category and there's going to be some early adopters here and we want to be one of those early adopters being, you know, a content experience company. And so for us, what we mean by that is someone who's going to have that watchful eye on the content experience, who's going to work with all the different members, all the different stakeholders on the marketing team and within the organization to make sure that someone has an eye to what the customer is always experiencing around our content. One of the cool things too, Anna, that we actually did here is we brought in someone at a director level on this role. So uh, we have someone on our team, her name's Paige. Uh, her title here is Director of Content Experience. And you know, beyond just thinking about creating content, one of the things that I know is really important to you, Anna, that she's very responsible for now is kind of buyer journey mapping. Right, understanding the different stages, and to us, that's really where content needs to be, you know, dropped in the most. Right? I mean, once you have the buyer journey stages, what are you going to drop in there if not content? Right? I mean, whether it's an email that you're sending out that's got really creative copy, or whether it's um, you know a, a blog post or a video that we're going to send to people, these are all assets. That, that tie to, you know, if you will, like Christine's definition around like the structure, the environment and that, you know, t- you know, how we get someone compelled to engage. I love it. I mean, you guys know me, I'm a massive fan of the user experience side. So when I hear customer journey mapping, I get all sorts of excited. Um, And I love that. And I love that you actually have somebody who is responsible for that and really looking at those touch points and seeing what is going to work best for that person at that stage. Um, the other thing that I love about this ebook going, speaking of roles and responsibilities is you actually provided some really cool little mini personas for some of these different roles within an organization. Uh, so Christine, um, question for you, which one is Randy? (laughs) And, and, and was this hard? Did you actually create one for Randy and then had to like scrap it and be like, never mind, Don't look at that Randy. No, I think for us, Randy, if we're going to personify him, he would be that leadership that, you know, from the top down, the way that we do it within our, our organization, the way we were doing it before um, Paige's arrival was that we um, were trying to get everyone in, in 
uh, our marketing department to rally around the content experience. And the way, the, way, the way we were able to do that is because we had buy-in from our leadership. We had, you know, our VP, our CMO, who really um, understands and champions for the content experience and wants us all to take a, a piece of it. And so we were meeting uh, monthly to discuss different ways that we could optimize it. And everyone has their own role because everyone is invested in different aspects of the content experience. Sometimes maybe it's environment and structure. Sometimes it's environment and enga- engagement. But like, you know what I mean? Everyone has their piece. And so when we can all get together and I'll talk about it, um, then we we're able to act on it as well. Nice. I was really hoping, in all honesty, for you to get like to accidentally spill some tea there. But obviously, there is none with Randy because he's amazing. But in all seriousness, these personas are really fantastic. And I love how you guys have put this together. And I think it, it helps because, you know, we work with some of these people every day in our organizations, but we don't ever like objectively step back and take a look at some of their motivators and, you know, some of the reasons why they do what they do. And I think it's just a really helpful guide for anybody to go through and take a look at sort of who they're working with, what their goals are, and understand how our goals align and differ with theirs. So um, I love this piece. Uh, well, listen, I mean, we are we are very biased, but we love it here too. And uh, I'm going to actually let Christine, you know, do a little call to action in this in this uh, podcast here and let people know where they can actually find this ebook to download. Yeah, sure. So if you want to learn more about um, who owns the content experience, what the content experience is and how you can uh, get yourself to a place where you can own it, um, you can go to uberflip.com forward slash owns um, to download the ebook. So there is an S at the end of that. Owns. 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 Okay. I'm sure that was a big grammatical decision (laughs) as the content marketer here, whether it's to own or who owns. Um, Amazing, Christine. This is, it's been a lot of fun to have you talking about this. I mean, I I feel like we've been going back and forth on this ebook for a long time and and it's nice to see it out in the wild now. Uh, As we always do here on Connex, so we've got a few more minutes if you can stick around and I know you can because I know what what meeting you have next. Uh, and uh, we'll just get to know you a little bit uh, beyond the ebook. So we'll, we'll be ra- right back here on Connex. So on this episode of Connex, we actually talk a lot about putting together an ebook. And you'll hear Anna and I interview Christine and talk all about, you know, the, the thought leadership and the research that went into it. But what gets ignored sometimes is how does an ebook actually look good? And we were really lucky. We had an awesome designer, but sometimes in these situations, we're also waiting for that ebook to be designed. Like we've got it ready, we've got it ready to go. And now it's like, oh, now we gotta make sure it looks as good as it actually reads. And that's that's where one of our sponsored he- sponsors here really comes in. That's Lightboard. And Lightboard is the answer. If you are a marketer and you're kind of struggling with graphic design, they've got a dedicated team to B2B marketing. They've got experienced designers and account managers who will take the time to know and understand your brand and knock it out of the park every time, whether it's the ebook that we're talking about today, whether it's something like a banner ad or a logo, or even that holiday card at that special time of the year, you need a partner who's going to be super reasonable about pricing and high quality output. So for that, check out lightboard.io slash convince for graphic design. Save yourself time and thank us later. That's Anna and Randy. So if you want to thank us, just send us a note and thank us for introducing you to Lightboard. All right. So uh, we're back here with Christine. 
talking about who owns the content experience, but I want to talk about something that you really should own that you don't because, you know, it's funny. I mean, a lot of people have obsessions and they obsess either over a star or, you know, they've got, you know, a lot of pictures all over the place about, you know, someone really close to them and their family. For you, it's, it's actually someone that you are not connected with, but who you have a huge crush on. For me, is is it not? I mean, I'm am t- talking dogs. Okay, right. <laughs> I was like, like, I was like, very uncomfortable. She's like, this is not I HR professional, Randy. <laughs> I don't know where we're going. This metaphor is not working. <laughs> no pugs. I am a huge pug fanatic. I don't know how it happened or how it came about, but I just, I've never even owned a pug, but I am obsessed. I have like my mom had bought me a, a pug a day calendar that sits on my desk. My boyfriend has bought me every single pug memorabilia. He actually tried to track down what they call a mer pug. It was on a Kickstarter at some point. They stopped making them and I, I found it at a, an event one time and I was like, I need to have this. And he actually like contacted the Kickstarter like woman to actually see if she would make another one and sell it to him. And I got it in the mail the other day. So kind of wow. insane, yeah. <laughs> that is wild. It's funny. I mean, like, has, has your boyfriend not taken the hint to just buy you a real pug? Well, we, we're renting right now, and unfortunately, we're not able to have a dog where we're renting. But as soon as we're able to, that is my first order of business. That's so funny. It's funny. When I was younger, um, just met my wife. And we had been dating, I think, only for probably six months. But, like, we knew it was going to, you know, we were going down that direction. And we, we, I'd always pick her up. She worked at this mall and there was a pet store there and she'd always like point to this dog. And one day I was just like, listen, if you want the dog, we can get it. But like, I was going to spend some money on taking you to Mexico thinking like she's going to jump in on Mexico right on the moment. Long story short, we've had this dog for about 13 years now. Um, and I always say that I was more nervous to buy the dog than buy the ring because it was like commitment, right? It was like, we are in this for the long run. Are you a dog person, Anna? Yeah. I mean, can you guys not hear my dog barking right now? I think he got really jealous when we started talking about pugs and he's like, hey, I'm right here. <laughs> um, I do. Um, we we went the adoption route and we just went to the Humane Society and um, we lovingly call him our little lemon because he's yellow um, and also very, very broken. He's just goofy and, and yeah, he's he's a mess, but he's our mess. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yes. All right. So now everyone knows how to you know how to get Christine's attention this day of ABM uh, where everyone's doing direct mail again these days all you got to do is send her a pug in the mail and you know she'll respond <laughs> to a demo request or you know solicitation of your of your product whatever it is you know that's that's how you get her attention right pretty easy from here uh, Christine it's been awesome to have you on the podcast uh, you know you're always uh, you know helping support me come on to this thing so it's great to hear your perspectives and uh, you know on behalf of Anna convincing convert i'm randy frisch from uberflip this has been the connex content experience show podcast you can find this podcast pretty much anywhere you get your podcast these days spotify itunes stitcher google play uh, when you find us leave us feedback let us know what we can do to make this more engaging until next time thanks so much for tuning in this is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to the Content Experience Show. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentexperienceshow.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. That's contentexperienceshow.com. 
The content experience at show is sponsored by Convince and Convert Consulting and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, just go to convinceandconvert.com. <laughs>